All right, everybody. The inaugural episode of Confessional Corner is here. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got as a, uh, as, as an intro to that. Um, you know, uh, I feel, I feel like talking about confessions, I need to be like a little bit more, I guess, distinguished or whatever, you know, maybe just get a raspy voice like Sam Waldron. <laughs> I have to smoke a lot more cigars for that, but, but it's smoking. But, yeah, I'm trying to, but my apartment doesn't like me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Like, okay, okay. For those of you who who uh, I, I so rudely uh, didn't introduce, introduce my guest, but I got I got Reg from uh, from the Mark Four Nine podcast, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I don't even know how to say his uh, personal account on Instagram. So, um, but yeah, it's Reg. So it's a private account. You don't want to be on it anyways, just, just like mine. So. <laughs> Thanks for the hype. Uh, <laughs> Hey, we we uh we both have have uh, podcast pages that are wildly un, unsuccessful. So, <laughs> but okay, so like my my issue with like smoke, smoking cigars. Okay, so so the first apartment that my wife and I live love that. Okay, I had a balcony. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be smoking smoking cigars. Okay, nope. Apparently, if you smoke, you have to go off, you know, off the whole like apartment property altogether. Oh, wow. uh, and I wanted to just hang out on the sidewalk and smoke a cigar. It's kind of awkward and weird. But then, like, it was okay for a guy to have a pellet smoker. And then, <laughs> like, I really didn't understand the difference. But now I, I have, like, an apartment where there's, like, a little designated smoking area. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to seem, like, holier than thou or legalistic or whatever. But, like, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want to be associated with those people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of see what you mean or whatever, but I mean, uh, do they look cool? I mean, like, do, can you get along with them at least? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I can get along with them. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is, uh, is, uh, you know, so, some of them are charismatic and I don't really want to, I don't really want really to go down that, oh, that rabbit hole. Dude, I, okay. So, and then there, there's another guy in our apartment that is a, uh, is, uh, he's a, uh, a youth pastor for for Calvary Chapel. Okay. And uh, okay. he he listened to to my podcast. And of course, the first he starts the first episode, dude. And, and I talk about I talk about like not being convinced. I do this little side comment of not not being convinced of the rapture. <laughs> he condemned me as a false prophet. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Dang! I didn't know Calvary chapels were like uber dispensational. So. I mean, they, <laughs> they are, uh, but but yeah, and you know, and like, hey, have you seen? And I'm not saying anything. Like, I'm not saying go watch or whatever. But have you seen the the movie uh, that they just came out with? Uh, like uh, the what was that called? I can't remember the, the name. The one of it. with that has Kelsey Grammer in it. And yeah, yeah, that one. It's got uh, the guy from The Chosen and stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I like, haven't seen it. What is that? Something Love Jesus Movement. 
Was that what yeah. it was? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if this. Well, I mean, that, that's what the that's what the movie's about is is Lonnie Frisbee and the and the Jesus mo- movement. Yeah, and, much. and they do not give the full testimony of the movie. Like, like Lonnie Frisbee yeah. and his backstory like this, it's it's sickening. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're like, uh, okay. Like, yeah. Um. So, at, even at my wacky, charismatic internship man we watched a we watched a documentary on Lonnie Frisbee and dude they pulled no punches they yeah. said that him, him and his wife got divorced because um be, because of, of of him not repenting from from his homosexuality things like that um so they showed the good sides of him and but they also talked about the, all the other stuff that they don't want that they never want to talk about mm-hmm. um um, and so they kind of leave it up to the hearer to, and so my biggest thing is, look, oh, of course, I'm not here to judge whether homie's saved or not, you know, um, you know, yeah. uh, God, God can, can, uh, strike one heck of a blow with a bent stick, you know, oh, yeah, definitely. um, you know, the, like, the old, the old Testament and the new Testament is full of them. Yeah. So that's not my, but my biggest thing is the, the fact is is just the the ecclesiology of the whole thing they uh he should have never been in uh in that position if if he's still showing unrepentant signs of yeah uh, of of that um and, and yes i'm gonna straight out say that the unrepentant signs of that certain sin and his also the the fact that he was struggling so much with his uh, with his drug addiction, and may, may, maybe his his um, his 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 struggle with homosexuality wasn't a wasn't necessarily an unrepentantness, but it was a struggle, and it was he should not have had the office that he that that he had is what I'm is what I'm I guess I'm I'm trying to say. But yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, but, but, but I mean, if you're going to tell the Lonnie Fris- Frisbee story, dude, you got to tell the whole thing. That, exactly. that, that's just my thing. You can't just do all the, all the cute stuff about, about, about it and make Chuck Smith look like the bad guy. Yeah. Cause know? Chuck Smith honestly has a lot of good stuff. I mean, not, not saying he didn't have his quirks or, you know, not saying he didn't have anything bad about him, but he had a lot of good, you know, teachings and, and stuff that you know i mean i look back on some of his readings and i'm like wow you know yeah he was off on some stuff don't get me wrong he has flaws but majority of his writings were like phenomenal you know like well, um, so i i don't actually have a too big of an issue with with the calvary chapel movement or even yeah. the the what sprung off of that the greg laurie harvest um um mo- mo- movement thing mm-hmm. um uh, they try. They they try to exposit the word. They they really do. Yeah, um, I the agree. fact that uh, at a certain point in time, Chuck Smith and other Calvary dudes, or Calvary Chapel, excuse me, um, decided to like demonize Calvinism, but then love Martin Lloyd Jones. I'm, I'm not really sure. You know, but they they demonized mm. a doctrine they didn't believe. That, that was that's a tertiary issue um they uh also i think we all know um 
neither, neither one of us are down with the whole uh, charismatic thing. So the whole tongues room and stuff like that that they got. Not not really into that. Uh, yes. You know, one of the things that I've also seen with uh, <clears throat> with Calvary and even more charismatic guys is they seem like they almost have an unhealthy like like obsession with uh, with apologetics. Like, like you know, um, it it's and it's like just like if they can get somebody to admit that there's you know and prove with apologetics that there is a god, then you know then then they'll be convinced. Well, I mean that's exactly what Romans one says they won't do. So so yeah, and um, there, there's a lot of things like I, I feel even in today's society we misconstrued apologetics in in the sense of you know like because there's uh you know like there's classical apologetics and then there's um uh, what's the other one i'm looking for it starts with the p uh uh presuppositional yeah presuppositional there you go wow try to say that 10 times fast uh words man yeah i know look at us but you know like uh but that's my thing though is like we're not gonna be perfect and i i like using using both of them in my approach you know because i like using classical because honestly the word of god is what we need and in our lives because it's god who saves it's not man but man can give off different aspects you know in comparison and say here's this here's that you know and we can leave a good word, uh, an insightful word, plant a seed, and God can water it as it goes along, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to where, you know, the person is saved by Christ, through Christ alone, you know. Uh, so, well, yeah. Um, and, but I think one of the things that we've done is we, we've ta- taken the apologist and we have, we have, um, Kind of, we put them at the same office as as an an elder or or a deacon. When yeah. apostles mm-hmm. are not not an office, are not apostles. Apostles are in an office. Wow. Redeem notations. They're not an active. They're not an active uh, yeah. <laughs> office anymore. <laughs> um, yep. But no. Um, and that that's where a lot of people disagree with you on is, oh, the apostles are still, no, no, the apostles ended with the 12. Right. 13, technically. Well, uh, but, yeah, well, I mean, they, they ended with John. Yeah. Yeah. The apostles that, ended with John. At most, that, yeah. That's why none of the church fathers called themselves apostles. Bingo. Yes, I exactly. Mean, I mean, big facts. Um, but, uh, apologists are not, are also not, um, they don't hold an office in, in yeah, the church. Yeah, why, why would they? And for some reason, you know, we think like, like, well, well, they know a lot of stuff. Okay. Well, I know a ton of guys that know a lot of stuff that, that are extremely godly men. They're not elders. They're not deacons. You know, yeah. they don't hold an office. I mean, they're a church member, so they hold that office as a church member. Yeah. Hopefully, their church practices the correct form of church membership and congregationalism. How Baptist? But um, you know, I, yeah. And I can see as we circle back to what this episode and what this show is about. 
is it's really easy to confuse those kind of kinds of things when you're just able to just make things up kind of how 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 you feel and willy-nilly um yeah and that, that's dangerous theology then if you if you if you're going by your own standards and your own will and everything that and you're saying oh i can basically quote unquote as i'm using air quotes right now uh you know you can say i really don't need the bible and then this goes into an eisegesis you know it, rather than exegetical text you know saying it's all about me 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 you know and that's that's dangerous ground right there mm -hmm. all right and uh you know um if we don't have guard guard guardrails okay mm -hmm. if we don't have doc doctrinal doctoral guardrails i mean that just allows us to kind of do do and decide whatever we want to pick and choose and I mean, that doesn't mean places won't have statements of faith or whatever, but yeah. dude, these statements of faith that we see on, on churches' websites, they're, they're anemic. They, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, their doctrine of God, you know, that like what we believe, God, and it's just yeah. like he, uh, he's one that exists in three persons. Wow yeah like, it's so vague guess, you're absolutely you right know, yeah and, and it's and it's just like wow that that you could really take that like like you like is there efs going on here is that like 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 how how orthodox is this and i i think and that leads me to the next question of i think or the the, the next thing leading into our discussion today is i think we have been asking the wrong questions for a couple of years like i think we've graduated from asking the question is it biblical mm -hmm. um and now at, at least in our camps in our circles where we run we need to stop asking is it biblical and we need to start really asking is it orthodox like i was I, I was in a pro program uh, about a year ago, um, and they were having us read uh, Don Whitney's book, Spirit, Spirit, Spiritual Disciplines. One of the disciplines on there was like ser service, and it was like almost talking about like, hey, wherever the church need, need, needs service, you're there to fill that need, see a need, fill a need type of thing. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I have an issue with that. Like one, that's how you exhaust and and abuse your church members but then two what if they're not equipped for that what if they're not equipped equipped for those for, for those things and then so like i mean i in this little discussion about it, i took me and another guy took a hard stance against that especially since you know kind of the weird stuff that i've been in, involved with where you're not loving the church if you're not serving every single sunday and you know doing all this kind of extra stuff when yeah. i really don't i mean yes serve sunday yes serve where you can but sometimes service looks like having coffee with the with with the te teenage kids you know sometimes service looks like telling uh the the new people in church hello and introducing yourself 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it has to look like just just like killing yourself all all the time, you know, and and uh, and so this guy, like as we kind of make a statement about about that, this dude just kind of like I think he thinks he's going to make a mic drop move. He's like, well, is it biblical? Mm. Well, we both of us went, well, yeah, sir, what service is service biblical? Absolutely. How he's talking about it? Sure. You can pull that out. He's argued that that he can find this argument biblically within biblical Christian texts. However, the, the, the question it, that needs to go further is that is it orthodox? Is it how the church has functioned? From the first century. Yeah. Is this historically how the church has functioned? And so. I see. A lot of. With. With. Especially. You know. Reggie. You independent Baptist. Or are you. Or do you. Does your church belong to an association? It's more association. Um. So, but I'm, I don't know how you would really classify it, but I'm more of like a uh, Presbyterian. Okay. So, so yeah, like, and I, I know, I know, uh, in our previous conversations, whatever, I know some like 1689 confessions and everything that just cause I like to read, uh, and I'm kind of nerdy like that, but, uh, you know, like, you know, like, and also comparing, uh, especially as going back to what you said before about the vagueness of what churches put in their description about like God and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and so this is where the confessions come in really handy because if you don't know the confessions about what the previous church fathers had written in their, uh, I guess, testimonies and stuff like that, then you don't know, what you're reading into you know and it's good to have a good i guess uh guardrail you know as you stated before to say okay this is what i believe this is where i stand here here is uh here's what the bible says exegetically and i can move on from there Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's where i'm gonna stay right there yeah, and and dude, I I, I think I, yeah, and I think there are some Baptists, namely probably independent fundamental Baptists, uh, that would say that that you don't that Baptists don't don't do associations, they don't do denominate nations. Their their church is basically the denomination of their own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you get from historic Baptist confessions. Not at all. That's not at all what you get. They, they, and, and and you can see this heavily if you look at what um, what what James and Sam Renahan have written mm-hmm. on on um on Baptist pol- polity, and that. Then they weren't called denominations; they were called associations. And yeah. they also they have it written in some confessions, calling them con associations, con associations. 
So it was to separate them between a actual uh, Presbyterian type polity mm-hmm. where it's basically just like a whole bunch of leadership, things like that. And like the guys at the tip, tippy top kind of, you know, they, I, I still don't actually like, and most, most like I understand how pres, pre, Presbyterian polity works, but uh, <laughs> um as as I look at it, I I don't understand how 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 it works um, with the <laughs> nature. But anyways, um, so what Baptist Conso Association looks like is exactly what you see with like the SBC or the um, the the National ba- ba- Baptist Association. These are denominations. They're not networks. They're not like. Uh, um, the the church that I I am a part part of Cal, Cal Calvary, which is not Calvary Chapel. It's 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 Calvary. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Calvary. Okay. Yeah, um, I gotcha. That, that that's a church planning and revival network. It, it it's a family of church 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 churches. Associations are not networks. Associations are like like so around here we have. The uh, Longs Pete Baptist Association and the the churches that belong to that they meet the the, the elders meet and the representative meet and they they uh, they vote on things they they pour into pa- pa- pastors they're they're ab- a- able to to bear bur- burdens and things like that and just give really mm-hmm. awesome support there. Then there's the local associations, which for me being in Colorado would be the Colorado Baptist. Baptist Association, which, mm-hmm. and, and and here's the difference between pre- Presbyterian and and uh, and and a Baptist Con Association is while the LPBA, the Longstreet Baptist Association, may affiliate with Col- the the Colorado um, um, Baptist Convention. They they're actually kind of their own thing as well. They're autonomous, just like yeah. all the church, church churches are autonomous as well. Gotcha. And then, of course, inside of that, you have your SBC, which is which is kind of all all, all of them, you know. Um, so so, a quick question: uh, Vody Bakum, uh, would he be considered SBC? I don't. So. He's been sent out by North Mission North American Mission Board, uh-huh. but because something to do with his church and how stuff is like they're not officially a Southern Baptist church, but he is okay. a Southern Baptist minister. Yeah, that's if what that I makes think. sense. Okay. So he's a minister, yeah. but his church and and Conrad in Bayways Church aren't exact like. And again, I don't really know how that how that works. I'm not really in the church planning game or anything like that. So yeah. um, um, and, and I think it has more to do with them, like like his church is a church, but it's also not quite established yet. I get, OK, if that, so he's still kind of planting it then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's okay. still that they would view him. And which is why when Tom Askell said that he should be the president of the pastor's conference, that's what I was going he with. He actually yeah. did the correct thing 
as a Baptist and go, well, I'm not really a pastor in a Southern Baptist church. I've been sent out by the Southern Baptist, but I'm not really a pastor in a Southern Baptist church. So mm. he didn't take that nomination, although he probably would have won that that ish in a landslide. You know, I mean, I mean who's, his, who's his opponent? Like Rick Warren or something like that? Like, no, uh, no, Rick Warren was what was, was getting fired <laughs> from the SBC that that year. <laughs> well, here he went by landslide. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I cannot stand Rick Warren. I cannot stand that guy. That really? guy is such a crook. He he takes quotes and he's like, "Let me use this." And I'm like, "You kidding me?" Like he well, took a, a C.S. Lewis quote and uh, about humility, and it was like, and he he uses it in like his purpose driven life. And I've never read, read this book, but I looked it up one time. And I was like, because uh, I was trying to remember the quote of C.S. Lewis, right? And I was like. And it came up with Rick Warren. I was like, wait, what? Is, what? I was like, no, no. Are you kidding me? Like, and he passed it off as his own. He just tweaked it just like a hair, you know? Uh, and it was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and so this, once again, we're, man, we're 25 minutes in and we haven't gotten to the meat of this con- con- conversation yet. But <laughs> this, this really brings us into kind of why why we're talking why confessional corner here a passion of mine is is rediscovering the baptist confessional identity and i know there's a lot of other men doing that but man i it's not moving as we hoped i think yeah i mean you look at nine marks i mean like 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 uh the, the journal that that uh, Mark Dever put out last year, he uh, he actually said in the podcast episode about it mm-hmm. is that that he was disappointed in where where the the SBC was like he truly hoped that getting the ecclesiology right mm-hmm. would start sending stuff in a more you know, uh, 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 I'm guessing a more confessional di- direction. And man, I can say that that's probably true for some church- churches, like for the Cal- Calvary family of church- churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By and large, I don't think so. And it was really interesting that while Rick Warren did his little speech about how awesome he is and doing the humble brag. I mean, it, t- it sounded like Mark Driscoll going up and, and talking about himself when he was repenting, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're not going to get into Driscoll right now. <laughs> <laughs> this so next episode, that, right? <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a redeemed rant at some point. Although I've got some stuff to rant about, about him. About, I can't believe that guy. Anyways. Um, but Al Mohler stood up and said, aren't we a confessional people? I don't think mm. people know what that means. Absolutely, they don't. Like, like I think, but I, I also think we're like, oh yeah, because we have the Baptist faith and message. What is what 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 uh, two thousand the Baptist faith and message two thousand? Which mm. which okay. Now it's not actually a confession, but it is modeled after the New Ham Ham Hampshire Baptist Confession, which is a recognized recognized histor- historical confession. Mm. Um, so. It, it's not actually a confession, but it is modeled after one. 
Okay, so, I I'm not sure Al Mohler, like, like I, I think he's right and wrong in what he's saying here. Is that that listen? We need to we need to mean what 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 we say. Mm -hmm. You mean what we say? Because if you go and look on, I bet if you go and look on Saddleback Church's statement of faith, they'll affirm everything we affirm. But then they 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 don't they don't want to mean what they say. Yeah, it's kind of like the practice what you preach kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know. And it's it's not giving guard guardrails again. These these confessions, these creeds, they're guardrails. They keep us from going off the highway and in you know off of the. You know, I'm I'm up here in the mountains and stuff, and like there's some roads that you go up on some of these pa passes that if like I, I'm not gonna I get a little woozy driving up them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, if I if I hit just the right patch of ice or whatever, I'm 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 going over and, and, yep. and I'm dying. Like it's, it, yep. I'm dead. It's gonna be done. You know. Um, yep. But these guardrails are up there to help you stay, stay on the road from keeping from going over that cliff. Yep. And that's what confessions and creed, creed, creeds are. For a very long time, uh, you know, I I gave you a B, BH uh, in 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 the Baptist um, uh, chat we have on Instagram. I gave you a. Uh, uh, a quote from B.H. Car Car Carroll, who mm -hmm. was a contemporary of Charles Spurgeon, who was also a contemporary of James Pettigrew Boyce. These three men knew each other very, very well, and you you know know that because you found an article that that B.H. Carroll wrote in honor of the de de death of Spur Spurgeon. Yeah. So these men knew each, each other, and these men were confessional. These men. So, here's a little thing, a little, a little note on Spur Spurgeon. Okay. Okay. So, let's start back with the signing of the 1689. One of the signers of the 1689 was a man named Benjamin Keach. And anybody who's li li listened to my show knows that I talk talk about this dude. He's one of my fa 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 favorite English ba Baptists, and. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think he's got a really a lot of really good stuff out there that that I, I really think we need to rediscover. But mm -hmm. he pastored a small church in a uh, uh, English town's a dump, are are uh, in a town called Horse Lie Down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to be from there, but <laughs> he pastored a small small church 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 there. Okay, signer of the sixteen eighty nine. So he's a confessionalist. After he passed, one John Gill took over as pat pastoring for the church and horse lie down. John Gill has some of the thickest theology you'll ever read on the Trinity. Like I prom promise you, do not really? read Pi do not read Piper on the Trinity. Do not read James White on, on, on the Trinity. Do not definitely do not listen to Wayne Grudem on on on, on the Trinity. Read John Gill. Read his bot bot body of divinity. It is okay. so thick. When when uh when Matthew Barrett was putting together his book Simply Trinity, his editor actually told him you need to take out a lot. Of, like you have so much John Gill in here, you need to cite other people. <laughs> like mm. he, he there was so much thick doctrine of the Trinity 
that John Gill had written. Okay, so he pastored there, and then there was a time where you know the the church was going through transition, and there wasn't a path path pastor there. One day, a 16-year-old boy by the name of Charles Spurgeon uh-huh. would go to preach there. And this small church in Horse Lydown would become the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Wow. And during that time, in between Gill and Spur- Spurgeon, the confession had kind of disappeared. Because uh-huh. we as Baptists seem to think that we're the only... We're 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 the only entities. We we almost like we're almost like Methodists. You know, we we think that 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 church our church history started with us. Gotcha. When, you know, they don't have an ecumenical uh, Catholic thought of the church fathers or anything. They see church fathers as guys that had a lot of her- heresy. Wow, there are a whole lot of wrong things with what what the church fathers said church fathers are the ones who made the ecumenical creeds that made our foundational doctrines yeah important for us to know know them yeah so during spurgeon's time he put the 1689 back into print oh that's cool and he started distributing it again so his little church Keach's little church, a signer of the 1689, basically finds it's almost, I, I don't, I don't want to say culmination, but the confessional heritage through, through, through it and the fact that God would allow Spurgeon to, to republish the 1689 again when it had mm-hmm. almost disappeared at that point in time. So. Gotcha. An issue that I'm seeing with 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 Baptists today, whether you're your um, general Baptist or particular bad Baptist, gen- general meaning you uh, you're you're on on, on an uh, Arminian uh, belief of salvation, or particular meaning you're on a Cal- Calvinistic side. There's actually confessions of faith uh, confessions of faith for both. Okay. Um, and the and each one has pretty sound confessions. I obviously with me, I'm a 1689 guy, so I'm on the Cal Cal Calvinistic side. Yeah. But I still have a ton, a lot more in common with the with with the uh, with the general Baptist than I actually do, even with a I would even say a Presbyterian. You know, we have our polity yeah. the same. Our beliefs on baptism are the same. It's just this little thing of soteriology is is not the same. And 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 it is for any of you cage stagers listening. It, it's a pretty small thing, guys. It's a pretty small small thing. By the way, probably most of the hymns that you guys listen to were were written by by a Methodist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so take probably that. By, yeah, probably written by Charles Wesley. So, <laughs> uh, dude, Wesley has some good stuff though. I'm not gonna lie. So, dude, 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 both both of Wesley said some really good things. Not into the revivalism thing. But they 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 had some awesome stuff and some yeah. pretty good doctrine. That definitely see them in heaven. Anyways, um, if, if you're on the general side 
of 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 the Baptist, you probably think more than likely they probably think and 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 if you're the one guy or the couple guys out there that are general bad Baptists, they're like, I don't think that. Shut up! I know I'm not talking to you, <laughs> but you th- they would probably go as far as Billy Graham. That's as far as Baptist history goes. Mm. And and to kind of sidestep it there, even with Billy Graham, though, he's uh, like, OK, some of Billy Graham's earlier stuff, you know, like some of it's pretty sound. I'm not going to lie. But then if you get to the older stages, you know, like kind of near death, whatever he started talking about, like our religion saves, you know, like every road leads to Christ. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, like, I don't know if he was just paid to say that, but he went like on. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was like a TED Talks I was watching once, and it was like he was near his death, you know, but I was like, this guy would, became senile. I mean, he started preaching like, like an Oprah gospel than anything else, and I was like... Well, dude, I, I think I think at some point in time, like, like, dude, dude like, like, I'm going to be honest, like, like I, I think there might be a, a need, need to be a la- uh, an age limit for, like, mass pre-preaching. Like, dude, it's some of the stuff that Piper's saying right now, I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I love love you. But you're making it really hard for me to like you right now. <laughs> oh, really? I, like, dude, it's, I like, it's just, just, yeah. He, his uh, desiring God page tweeted out something weird, weird the other day. I was like, oh wow, like, really, okay. dude? Some of the weird stuff that MacArthur's doing, like putting fre- his face on Fresca cans. Like, dude, I don't think you should make decisions anymore, sir. <laughs> I don't really think maybe you should go retire. <laughs> go, uh, go, I mean. Go. Go collect seashells or something. Go go drink sure. fresca on the beach. You know, I don't get me wrong. Like, uh, you know, uh, MacArthur has some good theology. Piper has some okay theology and everything that. Uh, but going back to what you said, there there's some situations and some past stories that we we can talk later on about. But you're like, why did he do that? Or why did they do that? Or you think that? And like even Piper's son. Uh, yeah you know what i'm talking about right like the stories behind that and like how he's like an atheist and he doesn't want to do anything with god oh yeah you know he goes against everything his father says and it's like you know and i'm kind of wondering my back of my mind going what went wrong with him if piper is such a devout christian quote unquote why did his son turn and this is a good example of you know like well god saves yes i understand that but what happened? There has, there had to been some kind of underlining of, or lack of guardrail somewhere, you know. Well, I, I mean, po- possibly. I mean, Bar- Barnabas talks talks about um, quite in depth the um, there was regular family worship in the house, so the kids knew stuff. They were catechized, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, man. Uh, I mean, sometimes think think of R.C. Sproul Jr. Man, I mean, he fell. He's not he's not an atheist, but he fell. You know. Um, I mean, I think so we all like, fall at one point in yeah, time. They're, you know? they're not, uh, but but I mean, he fell hard. So so. Like, oh really? I okay. Mean, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know too much about yeah, him. So yeah, it was it, it was scant scant scandalous. Um, really? You know? Um, yeah. Um, but you know so. 
No, these these guard guardrails, like just just like a just like a guardrail on the highway, man. It, it can only do so so much. If, if your car is bent on going off the road, it'll go off the road. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying these guard guardrails are going to save 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 you. Yeah, but if you're responsibly going about your faith, watching your do- do- doctrine as, as as you should, these things will be an aid to you. If yep. you are willing to 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 look at what the what the text has to say and and be humble enough to learn from wiser, older men that didn't have computers in their pot, pot pocket and weren't distracted by by the thing that we are distracted by by now. Mm-hmm. Like like you you see that that these these are uh the, these are good things to 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 use um and they they will keep you in the i mean i mean some of them are even just those little perforated lines on the highway that'll if you start falling asleep they'll wake you up and then you're, you're back on the road again yep you know and those have um, come in handy in life yeah <laughs> Trust me. yeah yeah um so on the particular side though the 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 reformed side of baptist we seem to think church history started with spurgeon or baptist history started with spurgeon but as i just just explained Mm -hmm. there was a lot that happened before spurgeon Yeah. yeah he was a big player but i mean we even mentioned just uh james pettigrew boyce and uh and and bh carroll Yep. Who were in America uh, um, establishing the SBC? So it's not a uh, you know it, it's there. There's so many places like that saddleback, and uh, saddleback's kind of an e- easy thing, right? Right now, is they just got kicked out of the SBC and everything, but. <laughs> But, you know, it's kind of low-hanging fruit right now. But, I mean, it's kind of the best example I can give right right now where they just decided they were going to do something that was that, that they thought was good to do. And so they, they decided to throw away any sort of confession or anything, even though the association that they belong to, Statement of Faith, says this they chose not to believe that and they tried to do mental gymnastics to go around 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 it yeah and i i mean that 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 becomes part of the humility humility thing to, to 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 do this stuff to to actually be like oh okay cool now um Sam Sam Walt, Walt Aldrin like likens him a little bit to uh, the, the the confessions as your teacher who taught you to read. We all needed a te- teacher to teach us how to read. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need a te- teacher to teach us how to read scripture. Eventually, we won't need 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 them, but we will always be able to fall back on those things when we have questions. Well, when we have weird, crazy ideas, and yeah, 
you know, uh, I, I think Ephesians 4, talk, I, I, I guess that, that, about it, uh, Ephesians 4, um, what is it, uh, uh, 4, 4, 4, 14, where it tells us to, uh, that, that we need to grow in our do- doctrines and we need to know the scriptures so that we don't get blown with, with ever change, change, changing wind of doctrine. And we see that, 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 I mean, that's what happened with Saddleback Church. They were complementarian, but now since this new kind of wave of feminism is happening, they decided that they were going to be pushed around by that wind because they were never, they, they, they decided not, you know, they decided yeah. not to grow in that particular doctrine. Um. And, and to to even because you mentioned uh, Ephesians four fourteen and I'm so I'm just gonna read it real fast and it says uh, just giving one one verse and it says so that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men by the craftiness and deceitful scheming and just like what you said right there you know like. They got overtaken by the feminist movement, you know, in in a sense, you know, I mean, you, you just said the verse and you gave the example of, of what they, what they did do. And that was against what scripture says, you know, uh, so I I, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, and this is why, why, um. Why Paul tells Tim- Timothy in in First Timothy four sixteen to cle- keep keep a close eye on the, uh, Paul yeah. tells a pastor okay Paul tells a pastor to t- keep a close eye on his on on himself and on his t- 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 teaching and persist and persist in, the, in this for by doing so he will yep. be saved and so will his hearers be saved. So mm. it's not it's not like like this this confessional thing isn't just so you can have a cool uh state state statement or be a part, yeah. part of a cool cool club. You know, um the reason why a lot of these church, churches right now don't have a direction and you know, especially in the SBC. Mm-hmm. We try to talk, talk about how the church uh the the uh, the state seeker sensitive and church growth move, move, movement is dead and it's moved on. It hasn't. It found a different thing to sell. It mm. found a different thing to mar- market. And what it's marketing now is discipleship, which is my goodness, really. <laughs> okay, you see see this in Rob, Robbie Gallaty's Gow, Gow, church. You see this in the uh, what's his, uh, Jim Putman's church. Okay, mm-hmm. they have both. They are. They both built their church doing the church growth mo- mo- movement thing, the secret mm. sensitive thing. And then when that didn't really seem like working, they went, okay, what? What do people want? Oh, they want. They went authentic relationships. Okay, so now we're gonna sell discipleship. Okay. What is that? Yeah. It, 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 it's ridiculous. And yes, it does sound cool to a little bit of like, okay, so we, we did admit we're going in a, and the, really to say we're going in a wrong direction, but now we're going in the right direction. And it's very easy to fool somebody into that. Yeah. But they're selling 
but like it's a marketing tool. So could, could you imagine somebody trying to go, hey, hey, I got a good marketing tool, okay? Yeah, yeah. There's one of these guys. Um, but one of them was named Nehemiah Cox, okay? Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he, he pastored a really, really small church um, um, in, in Petit France. Um, and uh, and they, they made a confession of faith. And there's a whole bunch of guys that signed, 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 signed it, so they agree, agree with it, so that's cool. And uh, it, it's called the 1689, and, uh, and, and it talks about, about what, what the Baptists believe as, as a core. Yeah. Let's use that as our, uh, as our selling piece. I, yep. I can't imagine that going well at all. And like the thing, th- thing is, is like I, I, when I bring up the 1689, especially there's so many Baptists, they don't understand, they don't know what it is. You know, or when I talk about confessionalism, they think I'm talk- talking about Roman Catholicism. You know? How? <laughs> um, yeah, I, because it's confessionalism. You go and you confess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and not to even, okay, because, because in he, here's, here's a, a good little definition for people, uh, for your listeners and everything, that is when people say Catholic, Catholic means universal. You know, because there's the Catholic Church, which means the Universal Church, or well, now you can we say, use Big C Church. It's the Big C Church, and we belong to the Little C Church. <laughs> oh, but, but you can also interchange the Catholic theology. Church as the Invisible Church. Uh, you know, and uh, now, now the Catholic Church is not to be confused with the Roman Catholic Church. You know, and then you know, which is all based on Rome, and that's that's a different topic right there. And maybe we could talk about yeah. that some other time about Roman Catholic Catholicism. But uh, you know, like, and because they're they have so many pagan practices, and you're like, wait a minute. And uh, even even going back to um, just some of the things that they would sell, and this goes into like the you know like uh, was it the ninety five thesis and why Luther wrote everything uh, and pinned it, uh, nailed it to the door. Uh, and it, it gets into some pretty big, uh, you know, like theological movements right in there, you know, but I'll end with that part because that's something to definitely talking to think right. about too. And then you bringing up the, the um, you know, the Catholic Church, the universal church. What these confessions do is they connect us to the body of Christ, okay? Yep. You want a good mar- marketing thing on the confessions, okay? That That is actually true, and, and I guarantee it won't sell e- either. But <laughs> here's why we are confessionalists, why I am a confessional Baptist, and why, um, I mean, he hasn't said it, out outright but i uh he's he's on the show why reg is a confessional baptist is because um we believe in a one holy catholic ecumenical church yeah the reason, you know, I'm tired of hearing people able to say, well, so much of the of the 1689 was just copy and paste it from the Westminster. You know why that is? It was so 
the Baptists could show the Presbyterians that, hey, we're just, we, we agree on this much. Look at how much we agree on that. that that's what ec ecumenical means, that we agree on these things. As a universal church, we agree on these things. Now, we do disagree fervently on these certain things, namely uh, polity, how the church relates to the state, and, um, and, and the sacraments. And for all you Baptists who's gotten mad, mad at me for saying sac sacraments, <laughs> they're the sacraments, okay? Uh, yeah. You're wrong, I'm right. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> okay. There goes we'll, we'll, we'll go over there. We'll we'll go over that when when we get to that. But yeah, that is so important to our faith that we aren't like. Uh, and again, we we brought up the Wesleys. The Wesleys wanted nothing to do with anything the Puritans were doing, and they wanted nothing to do with the Catholic Church, or they wanted nothing to do with the Church of England. They did their own thing. They did these little things called um, like like holy huddles, holy uh, stu studies and stuff, where it was these guys all meeting together doing their own thing, and that's how they, they – it was a method of doing things, of becoming holy. And that's how the Methodist movement came out. See, this is, it was their method. Mm, um, clever. Yeah, weird. Um, <laughs> but you can see how how quickly that fell off the rails in just a couple generations with 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 Finney. I mean, Finney just just uh, I mean, uh, sometimes it's like did the guy even read the Bible, man? You know. Yeah. Um, but that's where not holding to this this unity of a catholic ecumenical church like just because we have differences in luke G G jesus told his his disciples to 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 leave leave the disciple of john alone because he was still preaching Christ, but he was a disciple of John. Mm -hmm. He wasn't preaching anything bad. He was preaching Christ. But because, well, they're not, they're not with us. That, that, that's what that. Yeah. That's what the world wants us to do is to break apart. And schism like that. Yeah. And that goes back to, uh, was it first uh, Corinthians? Uh, you know, when, uh, when Paul talks about, you know, uh, about the follower of him or, uh, the follower of, uh, the other Apollos. guy, was Paulus, yeah, there you go. Uh, for some reason I was thinking it's like Silas or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, totally butchered that, but anyways, yeah, Paulus and, you know, like, and, you know, then he starts going, is it not Christ? You know, like we're all following Christ, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing of course, but like, you know, but it's, it's brilliant how he says this and, and it, it gives a definition even in an underlining of, yes, we're not following a certain person. We're following God almighty, you know, and that's their whole thing is like, yes, we're, we're going to have differences in structure and what we believe or what, how we're raised or anything like that. But, all in all, like you and I both agree with, yeah, we're we're part of the 
the invisible church. We're part of the holy Catholic church, you know, and we're brothers in Christ, you know. Uh, and so when we when we die, we know without beyond a shadow of a doubt that you and I are going to go to heaven, you know, because it's God who saves, you know, and and this goes to the whole point of confessions, you know, and everything like that because we've confessed our sins. We've confessed, you know, like our wrongs to Christ that he's, uh, you know, he, he died on the cross so that his blood has covered us and made us white as snow uh, and everything like that. So, yeah. And it's also like, okay, just because let's take, take uh, credo baptism versus pedo baptism. Okay. Oh, this is an interesting subject. Yeah. Okay. I admit, because I see a biblical argument for pedo-baptism, okay? Yeah, I me see too. a biblical ar argument for it. And if you're a Baptist and you don't see a pedo ar ar argument and you don't see a biblical pedo ar argument, I, I'm going to really ask you to, um, to have some humility. Um, like, and to and to understand what you're saying that if if you don't see it as a biblical argument you're you're calling brothers in Christ heretics mm. i am I'm, I'm gonna like really charge you with like opening your mind to that and then opening to your mind and having the humility okay pedo baptism versus credo baptism because I see a biblical argument for it, I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong in my thoughts on credo-baptism that that is the way that it, it, it is to be done. That baptism is, is to be administered and thought of. I could <laughs> be wrong. I don't think I am. Which is why I will argue for it, um, and I and you know what I have a confession that explains it as well. But I, I do know that I could be be wrong. When we don't believe that we can be wrong about things, th this is I'm not even sure that this is hyper confessionalism. This is. Because the confessions are are ec ecumenical. Mm -hmm. um, in order to be ecumenical, you need to accept those who also accept those ecumenical do doctrines. Which I'm not gonna even get into this very very much because we don't got the time. <laughs> <laughs> but that includes. People who are saved in the Roman Catholic Church. Exactly. And people who are saved in the Orthodox Church. Yep. I have a strong bro brother that has converted to um, the Orthodox faith. I know that dude's saved. Yeah. I know from a shadow of that, I have no question of that dude's salvation. I don't. He believes differently than I do. However, 
both have the same doctrines of God. Some things mm-hmm. might be tweaked, tweaked, tweaked a little bit. Dude, Alex and I disagree on things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? But Alex has some strong theology, and when you listen to him talk, even, you're like, you're like, you know, and just like what you said about the sacraments, you know, everything that uh, before, and it's like, yeah, I can see that. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I agree with that. Even though that's not how I was raised or how I understand it, you know, and, you know, because even, even on baptism and stuff like that, even going by a pedo-baptism, uh, baptism or like uh, credo-baptism, you know, like you and I more or less agree with, with credo-baptism, right? So, you know, uh, but going back, it's, you know, the word in the water, you know, and, uh, and has, uh, as Alex put it, puts it, you know, it's like, I, I can definitely see it because it's God who saves, not man. So, you know, uh, and we have nothing to do with baptism at all. You know, like we, we can administer it, but again, it's God, you know, it's all about right. God. So, right. And again, just because we admit that we could be wrong, does not mean we're not going to argue for our stances either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Okay, like, yeah. like I mean, we're, we're like, we have backbones still, okay? Yeah. We're, we have, <laughs> we, um, you know, uh, uh, we, we have skin as, as, as thick as Kev- Kev- Kevlar huh. and backbones of steel, okay? So just because somebody wants to, you know, like, uh, dude, some of these guys, especially from certain seminaries and bio, bio colleges that cry about and make books. Okay, dude, serious, serious, seriously, writing a book called "The Fatal Flaw of Pedo Bab or of of Infant Baptism." Really, it's a fatal flaw. It's a fatal flaw. Nobody's going to be saved if they have if they hold hold to that position. Like, come on. And this, I mean, this is coming from a guy that doesn't believe in in two covenants. Like, okay, whatever. So, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He 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 doesn't actually know what covenant theology is. Anyways, but <laughs> this isn't this isn't redeem meditations. <laughs> I'll get into that in regular in regular shows. But um, I guess. You know, um, as we've had, we've had a good conversation on, on why confessionalism is, and as one does on the redeemed meditation shows and guests, um, we have rabbit trails. But really, what confessional corner is about is rediscovering the Baptist confessional identity. We've had so many people that have tried to revive it, and and it's it just keeps falling short. And there mm-hmm. there's a faithful group. There's a faithful group of, of, of it. I mean, and these these guys are coming up. The 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 Mike and Pat A. Avondroff, uh, Doc and Devo has been holding it strong for the confessional guys for a long time. Um, two age so so sojourner, the Renahans have been there for a while. Um, Sam Wal Waldron. Um, <laughs> then we got this new guy, Rob Ventura, and then uh, Jeremy Walker and his dad. You know, these there are some strong Baptist confessionalists, and uh, I mean, well, then we talked also about uh, Bo- Bodie Bacham 
you know, mm-hmm. and the rest of the found, founders guys, those guys, uh, like, though I have my beef with found, found founders, you know, um, really wish they would go back to how, what, what they taught me about, um, the, the, the reformed Baptist hi- history rather than the, um, political theology they do now mm. i'm getting really tired of it but they're they're all 16 89 nine, 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 man um so there's a there's a and by the way just because paul washer shows up at these guys conferences the guy no no this okay i'm not okay that's, that's another <laughs> remember when i talked about rat, rabbit trails guy that's what that's what i do um that's good. I, I just need to keep, I, I need to make some more redeem rants. So, so I can get those out there. Let me know. You know, I'm sure I have a couple rants myself. So we can. <laughs> um, but, but the, the, the point that, that, that we're getting at is that, um, it, if you are a Baptist that think that, we just kind of showed up and made our own thing one day. I would argue you're probably not a Baptist. I'm not sure. You're probably one of the the non-denominational guys that has um, credo-baptistic theology. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure you're Baptist. Can, and and can I, I know just, that just I know that just upset a lot of people, but yeah. But it's truth. It's truth. And I actually. I actually want to point somebody out what you just said. And, and I don't know if I can do this, but I want to point somebody out. So if you want to edit this out, uh, what's his name? Spencer Smith. Uh, Oh dude, dude. It it just, every, everything you just said reminded me of this guy. And like, uh, like he, he blocked Alex and I from his Instagram because we're like, we, we started like harping on him basically and going, dude, what are you preaching? And it kind of going back to what you said, like it, with them, it all just started with Spurgeon. And Spurgeon was like the beginning of everything. And, uh, you know, before 1689, there was nothing. And uh, and it's like he, he started like preaching this false history, false doctrine. And so Alex and I were like on his Instagram page going like, uh, no, what are you doing? And like he dude was clearly like blocked us off like. <laughs> it was like, I was like, all right, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, and, and I get, you know, and, and again, this is, the, I mean, this is how the Methodists start, started, was they believed they were doing their own things, and I, dude, I don't even know, are, are the Beth, are the Methodists pedo-baptists? I don't or believe so. Or is it just up to their own thing? Because I know no. Martin Lloyd Jones was a Calvinistic Methodist, yeah, and he did pedo baptism. However, he didn't think it actually did anything. It was just a tradition. Yeah, and and that was the thing. Uh, I I know if I'm not mistaken, and this is this is where Nefu would actually know more about this than I would. But uh, from what I remember, uh, there were more synergistic. Um, Right. You know, rather than, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. You I, know, I mean, there, there was a strain because because I, I I would say that pro- probably George Whitfield was was a was a Calvinistic Methodist. 
Um, yeah, definitely um, Calvinistic. Yeah, definitely because because of just his style and everything. Um, but and then again, you look at Martin Lloyd Jones. Martin Lloyd Jones was a was a Calvinistic Methodist as well. But you know, um, but. I mean, that, that just goes, goes to say, just because somebody practices pedo-baptism, it doesn't make them Presbyterian. It doesn't yeah. make them Lutheran. So you can absolutely have these, these kind of standalone churches that are, and I mean, and this is kind of what the Young Restless Reform Movement birthed, was... Mm-hmm. Supposedly, this was a movement back to orthodoxy, but really all it was was a was a rediscovering of Calvinistic soteriology, and everybody decided to give the middle finger to the confessions. Um, Sad, yeah. Um, but you see all these. I mean, you look at the look at the Mark Driscolls man. Mm-hmm. Dude, they 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 were credo, but you couldn't call them Baptist. I want to call them Baptist. You look at uh, you look at the Harvest Net- Network of churches with James McDonald. They're kind of a little bit more Baptist, but not really. Yeah. But by the way, if you're not congregational, you're not actually historically Baptist. So I'm just I'm sorry. Ooh. Sorry for guys. Oh, that was part good of. though. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm 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 sorry. Like like I'm sorry. Not sorry. So, sorry because I know that this is this. This whole reviving and me bringing this back to, like, we have a history. Yeah. We have, like, us Baptists, we, we have a, like, like, and it goes beyond, again, for those of, like, I'm part of the SBC. I go to SBC schools, okay? Mm-hmm. I know there's a history of, of Baptists outside of the SBC. And then yeah. I know there's there's a history of of the church outside of Baptist. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also understand that though men like Thomas Aquinas said some wrong things, they also said a lot of really right things. Exactly. So we shouldn't write men like that, that, that off. Same thing with Augustine, and it's the same thing with the church fathers as well. So... Like just because people say things that that are that are wrong and and things like that doesn't mean that 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 it, it wasn't until the Reformation that everything was put right. Or yeah. Some some weird thing like that. Um, or there well, was no established Baptist church. That means means everything you know not everything was right or whatever. Yeah, and and it kind of goes back to. You know, uh, even using Luther, uh, you know, like, because there were people even before Luther that tried to translate the Bible. And one of the reasons why Luther got the Bible translated was because he had his own printing press, you know, and everything. Like that. And, and it goes into a whole history of, you know, like, oh, OK, these people before him were burned at the stake for heresy or, you know, they were killed somehow or some way. And, you know. And Luther, honestly, lucked out. <laughs> you know, like. Well, I mean, he he had protection for guys yeah, exactly. that wanted to, uh, from people that kind of wanted to profit off of him as well. So you yeah, know, 
but then but then you you yeah. look you learn about the diet of worms you know and like uh and then you know after the diet of worms and like the the struggles he had to go through and you're like wow i mean i mean going back you know these people have mistakes yes of course they did you know they they had wrongs about them because they were human however they had very strong uh convictions you know in in their faith and you know which has established more um of a building you know to where what we read today and we can agree with uh in unison you know and you know it has fed people like you know um who is it john calvin was inspired by a lot of stuff that luther did in fact you know mm -hmm. which is why we kind of have more more or less of the reform movement uh, well, and then Knox with Cal, Cal, Calvin and yep. Knox birthed the the I would say the Puritan mo 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 movement in mm. in England the English the English Reformation. So yeah. uh, you know all these guys like they're they're the line of of men that and and women sorry for yeah whatever. Uh, but there's a line <laughs> of of men and women that we stand on the shoulders of. You know, your your Baptist identity isn't an island. Yeah. And again, like our Baptist identity shouldn't be an island. It should be on that of the vine that's connected to Christ. Yeah, exactly. That should and... where that should be where our and you know what? Who it's you know the Luther like they're, they're the Lutherans are on that same vine that's connected to Christ. They're just a branch coming off of it. Same thing yeah. with the Dutch Reform. Do it. I don't know about this neo reform Calvinist stuff. I'm truly trying to figure out more about that. I don't know. Yeah. How much into Sometimes it. I, I'm into uh, with yeah. Herman Bavink and stuff like that. I mean, I have a theology book of his, but. I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't really opened it all that much because, you know, Baptists, you know, because yeah. <laughs> confession. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, I, these guys are also on there. You know, we're just, we, we but, but, you know, we're, we're just talking, talking about Chuck Smith and all the, and, and, and all, all the stuff with Cal, 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 Calvary Chat Chapel, though I would say they are probably one of the ones that kind of view themselves as, you know, kind of their own thing as well. They're connected to the vine that is Christ. I totally agree with that, yes. So we need to have that unity in there with that. Yeah. The importance of of revive, a revived confessional identity in Baptist is the same reason why there needs to be a why the PCA needs to have a reformed confessional identity mm -hmm. as well is so they stay within the guidelines and they're not pushed around by every wind of doctrine so that those who are ministering the uh, uh, others if they're not already saved, they can be saved because these doctrines save. Okay, 
not the doctrine, not the belief in the doctrines themselves, but who the doctrines are pointing to. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they will save those who they're ministering to. And that's not just the pastors. That's that's also the church mem mem members that are talking to people at coffee shops. It's the it's the church mem members that are on the setup team, you know, that yeah. uh, that are having a new family, a, a new believing family over yeah. for, for dinner that night. OK, so. That's why these are so, so important, important and that losing this identity once again like there's no christian islands mm -hmm. you know and I, I and, uh, and uh, yeah there's no christian I, I mean, islands you know we, uh, we were made for community 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 exactly god saw that adam was alone Mm. And and it wasn't good. God yeah. kept Adam alone, and it wasn't good. Okay. Yep. So he made it good. It's the same mm. thing when God sees a church all by itself. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's not good. Uh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And uh. Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to remember something here. Um, hold on. Uh, was it? Uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember the verse exactly, but it's like uh, Hebrews 10, uh, and it, you know, just kind of going back to what you were saying about you know, uh, God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone, right? It kind of reminded me of Hebrews 10 where it says, do not forsake the assembling, uh, the assembly, you know, of, of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Meaning the further we get in to life, we know that we're going to need people, you know, and uh, because we, we encourage one another. You know, we help each other and we are the hands and feet of Christ, you know, and, um, you know, and that, that's the thing is like, I don't know everything on my own, you know, uh, but with your help, hey, well, you know, like we could talk about it, you know, uh, either all through our chats, either through a podcast, you know, or just listening, you know, we can say, oh, I never thought of it that way, you know, and we come into this conclusion of saying, how can we be more like Christ? Will we follow godly men who follow Christ? You know, uh, and and honestly, that's that's where it gets into that. And definitely reading our Bible and praying every day. And you know, as the song goes, you'll grow, grow, grow. You know, uh, and you know, as you probably learned in Sunday school. <laughs> well, and it's the it, it's and that I mean, and so. So that that was a good perspective from a from like a in the you know a, a church me member le le level coming mm -hmm. at it from the a a ordained minister le level or an elder level if if you're just if, if your church is just kind of this this Christian island all by itself 
we have seen historically that does not do well. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, we talked about James McDonald and Mark Driscoll today. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mentioned them and, and how that stuff, they weren't confessional, and which means they were not associational and they were not consociational. They didn't have that. We need that. Definitely. It, it's not only for accountability, but it's for support as well. It's for growth as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I guess you know we're 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 running at it like like an hour and uh, and twenty minutes right 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 now. So, um, uh, I'll go ahead and give my uh, I guess my clo- closing state state statements right now. Um, okay. And I'll probably repeat a lot of what I've already said, and then uh, and then I'll let I'll let I'll let you um, finish up with what, whatever you want to finish up with. But you know what? We're gonna bring out a quote here. So B. H. Carroll was the first president of Southwest Men, uh, founder and first president of Southwest. Um, Baptist Theological Seminary, a very staunch confessionalist at that. And in his time, he saw the need for confessions. That was a long time ago. Okay. Again, guy was a contemporary of Spurgeon. That's how long ago it was. And he, speaking on the, the necessity for confessions, and speaking of those who say they don't need confessions. The modern cry, less creed and more liberty, is a, is a degradation from the ver- ver- for, for the vertebrate to the jellyfish. Mm. And it means less unity and more and less morality. It means more heresy. Definitive truth does not create heresy. It only exposes and corrects. Shut off the creed and the correct and the Christian world would fill up with heresy, unsuspected and uncorrected, but nonetheless deadly. Mm. You see, our creeds and confessions, they give us the backbone I was talking about, backbone of steel. Everybody loves the term evangelical right now, but you don't actually know what that means. Yeah, and a lot nobody of people does. using the term e- evangelical are themselves evangelical because you don't have a backbone. You just think that that because you have a political stance that's hard and that's conservative, that that's enough. Mm-hmm. But you don't hold to a confession. You don't hold to an ecumenical view of, of the church, which means you don't hold to a one unified Catholic church. Yep. And what that will cause you to do is to bend like a jellyfish does wherever the water flows. Yeah. Sure, a jellyfish can swim, but 
a big current comes in, there's nothing it can do about it. It's true. Very true. I would say we need we need solid bone in us. We need backbones to know what we believe, so that heresy does not come in unexpectedly, which it's already doing. Oh yeah, definitely happening. Saddleback Church was an SBC church. Church by the Glades is an SBC church. Um, Elevation Church was an SBC church. Really? I didn't know about that one. It happened. Yeah. It's crept in unsuspected. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, the CRT is coming in and stuff. Well, okay, well, duh. Yeah. We don't hold, we don't, because we, we, we're jellyfish. Yeah. Compromise on the God, God gospel. Why wouldn't CRT creep its ugly head in? Mm. So, have backbones. Put the guardrails back up. That's what we need, and that's what we're going to continue to explore in the confessional right. corner. So, Bridge, closing thoughts. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something. Uh, and it's extra from 1689, right? And it's opening nice. stance. Uh, so it's it says the Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule. Of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. I'm just going to leave that right there. Because that gives us right there the backbone. You know, that you were saying before. It, it's, it's the beginning confession. The beginning of the confessions of 1689. You know, where, where it talks about scripture is infallible. You know, and if we do not believe the scripture... And we're going by our own stances. Well, if we're going by our own stances, I stay in their quote by by Carol. Well, we're jellyfish, you know, um, and we're going whichever way the the waves take us, you know, whether it be CRT, whether it be the feminist movement, whether it be anything, you know, that is not of God or anything like that wolves and sheep, sheep's clothing, you know, you know, it's. We have to remember it's all about wrath and grace because God's wrath is upon us, but through Christ's grace, you know, we are saved. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, I think I'll just end with that little note there too, but also say another side note that to all those who are listening, if you're not, please sign up. To join Redeems Meditations uh, Patreon page. This guy, Thomas, you're amazing, man. Uh, so much love to you and uh, really appreciate everything you're doing, especially with the confessions and creeds. <laughs> and also, uh, even even the uh, the latest podcast that you've been putting out, uh, really, really much appreciated. I, I think people need to hear more about about the stuff that, you know, you're you're doing. So. So I really appreciate everything you're putting out. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, humbled that, that, that you'd say, say that. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, so this is going to come out on the, uh, the, the regular Redeem Meditations feed. Um, 
So if there, if it seems like, and it's going to come out as a bonus episode, okay, we're still going to keep in the uh, the 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 covenant theology um, ser- series and exploring that Baptists do have a covenant theology, and um, and that historically that historically that is what Baptists have have believed, not dispensationalism, because dispensationalism has only been around for like three hundred years. So, um, um, so, so we're going to do, 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 do that. I think the rest of confessional corner is going to be on Patreon guys. Guys, if if, if you want more of this, uh, we'll have to talk about if, if Reg is going to join, join us more on confessional corner and do, do this whole thing. But if you want the video to this, and then if you want the, uh, the um the the rest of the episodes we're actually going to start in the first London Baptist Confession is what we're going to start in and we're going to move our our way through to the second and then uh there is a third out there I don't have my hands on it but I'm sure I can get my hand, hands on it and we're going to go through the uh the Philadelphia Confession going to go through the New Hampshire Confession and then uh we'll start going through the catechism because uh, there are oh. at least two Baptist catechisms that I know 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 about that it seems like not a lot of other people do know know about. So um, that's what we're going to be doing here uh, at the Confessional Corner. Yes, that is going to only be available on on uh, on Patreon, except for maybe a couple really good ones that 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 we put out to try to reel you guys in, but. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I don't have uh, the tiers on um, on my page, Patreon. Following in the footsteps to Alex, if if you can give a dollar, give a dollar. If you want to give five, give five, whatever. Um, nothing, there, there's no, there's no tiers. So whatever, whatever I put out for whatever you're giving, you'll get all of it. So. So there, there's that little plug for the pay, pay, Patreon and uh, some of the little extra stuff that comes out with that. But guys, it's, uh, it's been a good, good time of this uh, this uh, episode of uh, Confessional Corner. Not sure all of them are going to be uh, 90 minutes long, but <laughs> but, uh, but this one is. We'll try to be a little bit more focused ne- ne- next time. And, uh, you know... Um, yeah, I guess we'll see 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 you for the net 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 next one. I have no idea what the outro music for this one's gonna be, man.